With his unique perspective on the medical legal system, here's Victor Cotton. Welcome to the Law and Medicine Podcast. Today's topic is female physicians being paid less than male physicians and how we can fix the problem. In the interest of full disclosure, I'll begin by saying that my wife is a physician, and if she's being shortchanged, that would adversely affect me. So I do have a vested interest here. I also have a significant amount of experience in evaluating physician compensation. As an attorney, I review about 200 physician employment contracts each year. And from time to time, I've had female clients, female physicians, ask me about the possibility that they were being paid less because they're female. I responded by saying that I've never noticed a difference in what's offered to men versus women. However, it's possible that I've been missing something. So I located a paper that's been the topic of much discussion. It was published in JAMA Internal Medicine in 2016. And to my knowledge, it's the largest study that's been done on gender-based pay disparity among physicians. The authors evaluated salary data from 24 public universities across the country, and they found that female physicians were being paid, on average, about 20% less than men. And that number is consistent with the widely quoted statistic that women are paid 79 cents for every dollar that men are paid. The authors then adjusted the salaries for a number of variables— physician specialty, academic rank, age, years of experience, papers published, and clinical revenue generated. And the disparity dropped from 20% to 8%. So even after all these variables were factored in, women were still paid 8% less than men. In a follow-up interview, the lead author, who's a man, stated that while the residual difference was likely related to gender, it could be due to other variables that hadn't been measured, such as ethnicity or race. So, in his opinion, it's possible that these women are being paid less not because they're women, but rather because they're black or Asian or Indian, which would require the female physicians to differ from the male physicians in terms of race and ethnicity, which I find very unlikely. The author went on to say that of all the possible explanations for the pay disparity, gender-based discrimination was the scariest. So, being discriminated against because you're a woman is more frightening than being discriminated against because you're black. I think the people who marched in Selma might have a problem with that. Regardless, in looking at the author's methodology, I questioned the weight that they gave to some of the variables. And I say that because the men generated 30% more clinical revenue. Yet when the authors factored that into their analysis, it erased only a small part of the pay disparity. And that makes me suspicious, because if the women are generating 30% less clinical revenue and being paid 20% less money, then the overall situation doesn't strike me as being overly unfair toward women. But that's not my point today. 
For the purpose of this discussion, I'm going to assume that there is a persistent difference and that these women are being paid less than men even when they're doing the same job at the same level with the same experience. And if that's true, then my assessment is pretty simple. Paying women less simply because they're women is despicable. And if that is indeed occurring, which is what this paper suggests, then we absolutely have to address it. In terms of what we can do, an editorial that accompanied the article suggested that we first have to understand why this is occurring. And then we can form a committee, develop a list of priorities, and so on, which is the same solution academics offer to every problem. They want to form a committee. And I say that's a total waste of time. The Equal Pay Act of 1963, which is a federal law, states that it is illegal for employers to pay one gender less than the other, assuming they're doing the same work in the same way with the same skills and experience. In addition, Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964 states that it is illegal to discriminate against an employee based on gender. So, right there, we have two federal laws which make this practice illegal. There is a third federal law called the Racketeer-Influenced and Corrupt Organizations Act, which goes by the acronym RICO. RICO was designed to target the mafia, but it's widely used to prosecute anyone who operates a criminal enterprise. So, here's the solution. If women are indeed being paid less simply because they're women, which is what a lot of people say and what the authors of this paper infer, then the people doing it are criminals. They're violating at least two federal laws and probably a number of state laws as well. And the fact that this is simultaneously occurring in all of these universities suggests that they're in cahoots that they're racketeers operating a criminal enterprise against women, which is a RICO violation. The long and the short of it is that we've got enough to put these folks away for a very long time. So why then are we forming a committee in hopes of understanding the problem? The problem's very easy to understand. These people are criminals. And because they're criminals, the solution is prosecution. All we have to do is pick two or three of the universities that are listed here in this article. We have their names and we have the proof. So let's just send the federal marshals in, arrest the dean and a few department chairpersons, and lead them out in handcuffs. And that's all you have to do. Because at that instant, every female physician in America would immediately get a 20% raise because no one else would want to be arrested. If you were a dean or a department chairperson or a hospital administrator anywhere in America and you saw your colleagues being let out in handcuffs for doing the exact same thing that you're doing, you wouldn't form a committee that meets every other Tuesday morning. No. You give every woman a raise. So all we need to do is arrest a few people and the problem will be solved. Now, in case you think that approach is a little harsh, I don't, but maybe some people do. Here's another option. 
if what's occurring here is real, and again, I'm not saying that it is, but if it's real, then we've got tens of thousands of female physicians who are being discriminated against by the illegal activities of their employers. And being that these women are highly educated, accomplished, and quite capable, they should band together into a class and file one big lawsuit, a class action lawsuit, against the employers who are perpetrating these crimes against them. Now, this approach would be a little slower, and no one would go to jail, but in the end, it would be just as effective. It would most likely break almost every hospital in America. My point here is that if women are indeed being discriminated against, we've got a number of powerful ways to quickly and permanently solve the problem. And if the folks who write these papers actually believe that women are being discriminated against and they truly want it to end, they shouldn't be waiting for someone to form a committee. They should be calling out the perpetrators, involving law enforcement, and calling for class action litigation. And the fact that none of them ever so much as mention any of these options tells me that they either don't believe what they're saying or, more likely, that they prefer to keep things just the way they are. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to Victor Cotton, physician, attorney, and founder of Law & Medicine. If you'd like to learn more about us or support our efforts, we invite you to visit our website at lawandmed.com. We offer a variety of online educational courses for which you can earn Category 1 CME credit. Many of our courses can be used to meet your malpractice insurance company's requirements for a policy discount. And if you receive a CME allowance from your employer, we can provide you with a receipt which can be used to obtain reimbursement. This has been a production of Law & Medicine, Hershey, Pennsylvania. All rights are reserved.